into the game. St George, Illawarra to the death, trying. Brown goes to the air. Going back is Mabel. Oh, sleeping high and taking it in marvellous fashion with Rod Wishart. He has scored an incredible try and ties this small game up. Bartram from 18 metres out. He strikes it nicely. St George Illawarra win for the first time in their Premiership line. Here's Nathan Blacklock down the sideline. Chipping over the top of Joel Kane. Got a red surface bounce to win the game for the Dragons and book himself a New South Wales Blues origin jumper. Welcome, folks, to episode 110 of the Red V Podcast. An exciting time uh, to be talking Dragons football as we have a chance to finally get a look at St. George Illawarra for the first time in season 2022 with a nice trial win on Sunday evening against the Parramatta Reels by the tune of 26 points to 22. Myself and Johnny Pett are going to run through and have a full review of that for the first time in uh, in the season. We get a chance to review the uh, performances of the Dragons, some of those young guys and some of those guys that might be on the cusp of potentially playing a bit of first grade or getting into that top 30 squad and some guys that could hopefully light it up for the reserve grade New South Wales Cup side as well. Plenty of other things to be talking about in regards to the mighty St. George Illawarra Dragons. We're going to round up your latest Dragons news and updates and there is a host of stuff to get through. There's suspensions, there's injuries, there's a, a couple of trial results from some of our lower grade sides and there's that big breaking news about Jack Bird testing the open market. What is that going to mean for the Dragons in 2022 and beyond? We're also going to have a junior rep wrap and we'll have a look at your fans corner questions a little bit later on in the podcast. Uh, Johnny Pett is all relaxed. I imagine he's got a beer in hand. He's been watching a bit of footy over the weekend, so he's uh, probably at zen-like status at the moment. Johnny, great to have you on the Red V Podcast, mate. How are you travelling on this wonderful evening? Yeah, well, good. I don't know about the beer, mate. Actually, I drank everything that was in the fridge over the weekend, so Mondays <laughs> it's a bit barren in my in my bar fridge at home. But look, excited that football's back on the television. Pumped that we've got a game on, you know, we got to see some trials on the television, which I think Fox Sports have done outstanding with mm. that. It's just it's kept everyone interested and everyone you speak to is just absolutely wrapped to have footy back on the telly and footy, local footy as well, which is it's fantastic to see. Yeah, it really is. Great to have uh, a little bit of rugby league back. Give us that little bit of taste that we want as we head into the season with the season only about three or so weeks away. As I mentioned at the top of the program, plenty of news happening around the club and plenty of news about the Dragons. Lower grade suspension, injuries and all of that. And we're going to digress and dissect all the latest Dragons news right now. Well, it's been the huge news around the St. George Illawarra Dragons and certainly in the rugby league fraternity over the last 24 to 48 hours. And that is the news of Jack Bird. Uh, now, there has been talk in the past and we've certainly mentioned on the podcast that he uh, was uh, in contract negotiations with the club. Uh, but uh, recently, the, uh, the the Daily Telegraph and Phil Rothfield reported that he's, uh, Jack Bird is actually testing the open market and, and looking to potentially, I guess, uh, see how much money he can get perhaps away from the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Um, so according to the Daily Telegraph, um, the Dragons asked Bird to take a significant pay cut, um, causing him to go to the open market, uh, where apparently Wayne Bennett and the Dolphins are, are very interested, um, and Bird has also previously played uh, under Bennett at the Brisbane Broncos. That was following that 
stint at Cronulla where he won a premiership in 2016 and was able to play a little bit of a state of origin. Although Bird's manager, David Riolo, also came out um, not too long after that and said that nothing has happened. He said they made an offer before Christmas. We had a few meetings, but nothing's happened. We're not at each other, but the talks have stalled. We're on different pages at the moment. There's a fair bit of interest from other clubs. I wouldn't be saying he's looking to leave at this stage, but he's got to look at his options. We're now in the process of seeing uh, what's out there. Um, and I guess on top of that, Johnny, um, the Dragons coach, Anthony Griffin, he also confirmed on top of that the Bird was on the open market uh, when he spoke to Fox League um, after the win against Parramatta on Sunday night. But he said it was a decision for down the track. He said Jack's been on the open market since November. There's something uh, That's something we will sort through with him. And that's a decision for down the track at the moment. Cause for concern if you're a, a Dragon fan about what could potentially be happening with Jack Bird? Oh, look, I was baffled when the when the mail came out about Jack Bird testing the open market and Buzz Rothfield, he absolutely dropped the story at the correct time, didn't he? The Dragons hadn't even graced the field for their try and you looked all over the social media and everything and it was it was buzzing with what well, what, what had Buzz had put out, um, you know. And then come to that post-game interview with uh, Hook Griffin, one of the first questions, you knew he was going to get asked the question. The way that he did answer that question, it was it was as if that, uh, it had been going on for a while and nothing had been locked down. But we all know Jack Bird's been in talks. He's, he's testing that open market to see he, what his worth is. He's, he's been on huge money at the Sharks, huge money there at the Broncos, and he did take a bit of a haircut to come down to the Dragons. Mm. And I don't think he's expected to take – he was expecting to take another big haircut for, 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 for his next deal with the Dragons. Look, his manager, David Riolo, has got real strong ties to the Sharks, Jack, so – don't be surprised if Jack Bird is in negotiations with the Sharks. I know that Fitzgibbon's a huge fan of him. Mm. And if, if Jack Bird does test the open market and the Sharks are interested, that would be the likely club that Jack Bird goes to. He, he's not going to leave Wollongong. He's settled in living in Wollongong. So it's got to be a, a club that he can drive to, and that's either going to be the Sharks or stay loyal to the Dragons. Um, I, I think the Dragons have probably offered him uh, below what he's, what he's worth, but I think that'll be a, a negotiation for, for Riolo and the Dragons management. I can see the Dragons coming back and offering him more money, Jack, because I think, you know, he's 26 years of age, he has got a few more years left in those legs, but, you know, it's, it's a funny game, rugby league. You're only in it for 10 or 12 years. You've got to take as much money as you can, and it's Jack Bird's looking for a, for a long-term deal on some good money, and another club puts their hand up. I, I can see Jack Bird, honestly, you know, having very, very big thoughts on going to another club. And look, my mail is now at the moment, Jack, that um, Jack Bird potentially in talks with the Sharks. Yeah, I don't want to go off half-cocked, Johnny, but you would think that uh, I know that loyalty is a word that's bandied around by a lot of a lot of fans these days, but considering that he'd come off, what, three years where he'd played 16 games, the Dragons had, had given him a, a lifeline, and admittedly Brisbane were playing were, were pretty much paying all of his all of his contract. I thought that he might have wanted to, to stay. We, we hear so much about how much he loves it uh, down the Wollongong region, and, and who knows that this could all just be smoke and mirrors, and, he, and we might, in a couple of months or a couple of weeks, uh, see Jack Jack Bird re-signed, but it is a little bit concerning when a player's only been here for a year and he's, he's looking to test his value. But I guess on the other side of the coin, as you mentioned, Johnny, players don't have a they, – they only have a certain limit of, of years they can play NRL footy and, and try and earn the, the best money and look after their families and all that's kind, all of those kinds of things. So it is going to be an interesting one uh, to keep tabs on there. Um, I, I imagine that's probably going to linger uh, at least past the start of the season and maybe uh, even further as well. From the 26-22 win against the Parramatta Eels last night, there's been a fair bit of uh, information that's come out uh, from that. Uh, the first one, 
is uh, Fataro Fumiono. He was uh, charged with that hip drop tackle on Hayes Dunster, the winger for uh, the Parramatta Eels. Unfortunately for, for Hayes, he has torn his ACL and his MCL, and he's out for the season. So we really do send uh, our best wishes to, to Hayes. You never like to see a player injured, um, even if it is an opposition player, and we really hope that he can get the best recovery possible, and, and we see him back out in the field. Obviously not this year, but at some stage next year. In regards to Tyrell, um, he's in, in all sorts of hot water now, Johnny. Um, five Five weeks if he takes the early guilty plea, seven weeks if he, uh, uh, I guess, uh, attacks the charge and, and is unsuccessful. And this comes on the back of that suspension last year where he hit uh, um, uh, Ryan Pappenhausen around the chops at Magic Round. He was sent off. He got a six-week suspension. And unfortunately, we haven't seen the best of Toro Fumiro simply because he's been far too ill-disciplined when he's been on the field. Yeah, you're right, Jack. He's, he's got the he's got the uh, the list a bit like Rav, doesn't he? He's um, mm. in for a few and out for a few with suspensions. But look, it was one of those tackles that you don't like to see. This, this hip drop, this wrestling move. It's um it's not a good look for the game. And then Hayes Dunster, who's who's got a huge future in the game, he's been absolutely ruled out for the rest of the season. So you've got to feel for Hayes Dunster. And look, Jack, I I, I, I love watching the trials, but I hate seeing players mm. no matter what club they play for. I really hate seeing these injuries and. You know, for a young kid of 22 years of age, Hayes Dunster, who you know he's he's got a, a long future in this game to be to be ruled out for the season. It's a it's a long way to come back from these injuries. Uh, staying on the tune of injuries, uh, Max Fina, you may have seen in that trial on Sunday night, he got his legs twisted awkwardly in, in a tackle and he's got um, syndesmosis of the ankle. Uh, the diagnosis we've heard, and it hasn't been confirmed, so uh, let's not take it as gospel as of yet, but the, um, the what we are hearing from the club is four weeks. So I guess that that's better than, than what uh, could potentially be. Syndesmosis can sometimes be eight to 12 weeks. So it probably means that, that Max wouldn't be right for the season, but uh, we're taking all things into consideration, um, he would have uh, probably not have been in the Dragon 17. He certainly the first cab off the rank for, for one of those wing or center spots, but uh, looking like his brother Matt and, and Mika Ravalara or um, uh, a few other players might be, uh, Cody Ramsey potentially on the wing, and then you've obviously got uh, the, the centers of Moses Sully and Zach Lomax, but it's uh, it's not good news for him. And also um, our, one of our lower grade players, Trey Barlow, who I uh, interviewed on the podcast a couple of weeks ago playing uh, for the SG Ball Illawarra Steelers under-19 side, he also picked up um, ankle syndesmosis um, in training last week, so he didn't play in the, in the weekend's defeat against the man in the ring of Seagulls. He's out for between four and six weeks, so it's a, it's a pretty messy little injury uh, injury period for the Dragons but I guess uh, the silver lining for, for this is it's happening earlier in preseason rather than something like this happening nine or ten rounds into the season and, and losing a key player for uh, a, a, a distinct amount of time so uh, I guess that's the only positive that we're leading on um, at the moment. Uh, moving on to lower grade um, action, uh, the Dragons jersey flag, they're under 21 side, they had their first uh, preseason hit out of the season, they picked up a 12-4 win against the West Tigers down there at Camden um, on Sunday afternoon so a nice little hit out for some of those players and and with both uh, the Jersey Flag and New South Wales Cup sides uh, there's a host of, uh, of of players playing sometimes there's squads of 30 35 players playing in trials so it is uh, I guess difficult to try and gauge um, that cohesion and, and, and what's uh, really being gained from these performances but a win's a win and uh, that is certainly good for the Jersey Flag side and the New South Wales Cup Dragons side they went down to the West Tigers there was lots of new players uh, playing in that uh, attempting to get into that squad and we also need to remember uh, that a host of those players 
that actually played for the Dragons on Sunday night. Um, guys like Toro Fumiono, potentially uh, Jackson Ford, maybe a Josh Kerr and, and guys like Michael Molo and Jaden Hunt, they could be playing in that New Source Cup side as well. So it's going to look very, very different uh, to what we've seen um, over the over the weekend and over the last kind of 24 to 48 hours with uh, with those sides as well. That wraps up all of our Dragons news and update. Plenty to get through today and plenty of injuries and suspension news, but I'm uh, glad to have uh, been able to update you and uh, hopefully... Uh, have been able to keep it a little bit informative uh, for you as well if you hadn't, hadn't picked up on a couple of those things that are happening uh, around the club. As always, if there's something you may have missed or something you want to talk to us more about here at the Red V Podcast, uh, you can email Johnny and I at redvpodcast at gmail.com. That's redvpodcast at gmail.com. Time for us to take our first break on episode 110 of the Red V Podcast. And after that, Johnny and I are going to take and uh, look at our first match review of season 2022. Very, very exciting. And certainly match reviews are a lot more enjoyable here at the Red V Podcast. Uh, when the Dragons win, and what, which is exactly what they did on, uh, on Sunday afternoon. That's coming up next here on the Red V Podcast. Time to talk match review, brought to you by our podcast sponsor, the Cocker Clubhouse, located um, on Railway Parade out there at uh, Carlton. It's a beautiful spot uh, down there. They do uh, some fantastic food and have an, uh, fantastic beverages. We're hoping to organise a couple of events and maybe even try and do a live Red V podcast event one Tuesday night uh, down there at uh, the beautiful Cocker Clubhouse. And you can sign up for a member for as little as $3. Comes in pretty handy when the Dragons play at Cogra as well because they've got uh, parking on site that's included as part of your membership as well. So you can go uh, have, a, have a bit of a burger or a chicken snitty and uh, a beer and head down to Cogra and uh, hopefully watch the Dragons win. So if uh, you want to find a bit more inf- information about that, you can go to the website, which is cograclubhouse.com.au. A big thanks for them jumping on board as a sponsor in season 2022. Now, Johnny, uh, I guess it was uh, reminiscent of what we've seen over the last probably couple of years for the Dragons. The first 10 or 15 minutes was pretty disastrous. And at 16-0, I'm, I'm sure there were fans that were reaching for the Panadol or the Disprin and, uh, yeah, maybe looking to knock a few drinks back as well and thinking uh, that it was uh, thoughts of deja vu. Oh no, not this again. Uh, but thankfully the Dragons uh, turned it around. But initially the start was was pretty poor by by the Red V. What did you, what issues did you see out of that, that right edge defence by the Dragons, at least in that first quarter of an hour, 20 minutes against Parramatta? Oh, look, well, I'll tell you me Sunday morning before we get into the, into the, into the game. <laughs> this will be good. Gone, gone down the street from the usual coffee in the morning, you know, the usual crew, we're sitting there and one of my mates drops in, he said, oh, are you watching the game? And I said, yeah. He, he said, honestly, where do you see the Dragons this year? I said, oh, they're top eight. They're, they're bottom of the top eight. They'll, they'll place fifth to eighth. He said, you're kidding me, aren't you? I said, no, no, that's where they'll be. Anyway, 15 minutes into the game, he wrote me a message and he said, you're the worst judge I've ever spoke to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I got him back by the 79th minute and let him know that, you know, the Dragons won the game. But look, that, that, that first probably 15, 20 minutes, it was, um, it was pretty ordinary. Um, it, was, it was deja vu. We looked very tight on the fringes. We leaked points. Um, we just looked uh, – it was just like a, a hot knife through butter. Um, it took until that second half or late in the first half where we really clicked into gear and started playing some decent football. And I don't know if it was on the back of a couple of positional changes and – fresh legs coming on the field. But the most um, pleasing thing for me in that game, Jack, was in that second half, that last probably 15 and 20 minutes, when the bulk of the players on the train and trial contracts really stood up and they, they, they played for the jersey. They played for a, for a meaning, and, and that meaning was that they wanted to prove to everyone that was out there, the Dragon selectors, that they were going to nail down one of these top 30 spots. And I think the competition for that, those last few top 30 spots has just heated right up because some of the names like Jaden Hunter, who I thought was 
absolutely enormous in defence. Uh, Mick Molo, like you know, he outplayed his brother. Mm. I think he was he's, he was busy in attack. Every carry he carted the pigskin up ten metres. I thought he was great. Look, Jacko Sherab and um, Josh Corrick, um, I thought they were solid with limited opportunities. They sort of didn't get as much ball as what I thought they were going to, but when they did, they, they made it count. And then, uh, look, Connor Mulhyson, I think he was mm. absolutely outstanding. Between probably him and Mick Molo, they were two of my most impressive players in those train and trial contracts. I thought the service that Connor gave out of dummy half was, was very, very crisp. I thought that they, he got his forwards on the front foot. Um, the, the service was fast and his defence was absolutely outstanding. And um, I didn't think Connor was, was due to play that many minutes. But when we when they put the camera to the bench and they seen um, Andy McCulloch dressed in his clothes and in his gear, um, you, you knew then that Connor was going to play the, the bulk of the game then. And I thought he was absolutely outstanding. I know, Jack, that you and me have spoke to him, have spoken to him on the podcast, mm. we've, we've watched him through this, this junior rep system. We've watched him down here at the Thrill Butchers. And for him to get that... That taste of NRL I thought was absolutely outstanding and he didn't let anyone down. Um, look, there's going to be jostling for some, some positions. The the front row players, you know, Burgess got through that limited game time very, very well. Uh, I thought Thuey, um, regardless of the injury, um, he was he was the culprit for leading, leaking those two early tries and um, him being out for five to seven weeks. And look, I don't think Thuey's going to see much NRL in season 2022, Jack, to be honest. I think that the players that we've signed and the players around him, especially these train and trial players, I think they put their hand up and they, they wanted it a bit more than what Thuey did. Um, look, Moses Mbai, I know he didn't get a, a bulk of opportunity. I'm not sure if he got injured in that first 15 minutes or whatever, but once he went off the field, the Dragons seemed to kick a gear up. Um, I don't know if everyone else thought of that, but uh, big Moose Maguire coming in and playing in the halves, I've never, ever seen that before. <laughs> it was outrageous, he, wasn't it? Uh, Oh, it was outrageous, but he did a job. He was an old head that settled the attack. And look, um, he I had a pen through him for, for being in, in the 17 for season 2022. But but his performance there on the weekend, Jack, he, um, he put his hand up and said, don't forget me. Mm. Uh, look, I thought that our fitness levels were a little bit better towards the end of the game. And in that first 10, 15 minutes, I thought, as I said earlier, that it was the same old Dragons, unfit, leaky points. But that second half was a lot better. Yeah, it certainly was because that first 15 minutes, we looked really suspect through the middle. And I, I think it's probably evident that they, that we're missing a lot of those those first grade guys. I will just say that uh, we, we did see some really fine performances from from some of these players. But uh, Penrith did name a, a relatively weak side. There was really only kind of Ryan Madison and, and a few other um, guys that were littered with first grade experience there. So um, uh, easy to, I, I guess, get our expectations really high with some of these performances. And obviously great. You can only play uh, against the people that are in front of you and they did an excellent job but uh, just a reminder that yeah it was a fairly um uh, weaker um, uh, Parramatta side than um, than we've seen, but I thought that the, the second half really we, we we really sprung sprung to life. It was great at the back end of that um, that first half, and, and initially when we fell behind, um, Cody Ramsey was at fullback. And now I've I've been on social media a bit today, Johnny. And there's people being waxing lyrical about him, and I'm a little bit unsure as to why people are, are doing that. I don't know whether they they saw a few little things that he did in terms of catching the high ball, and I know he, he he did a long chase where he was able to chase down one of the opposition Parramatta players, but I thought his positional play and his communication was actually quite poor in that first 20-minute block, and I, I don't think it's any coincidence or any surprise that once Tyrell Sloan went to the went to the back, the Dragons got it back to 16-all, and then uh, Ramsey again was back at fullback, and we conceded another try and fell behind, and then when uh, when Tyrell was was at the back again, organising his troops, communicating well, and getting his hand on the football, we scored a couple of quick tries and were able to wrestle the lead back from, from Parramatta. What did you make of the performances of the fullbacks? 
Yeah, look, Cody, he was fair. I think that Tyrell Sloan is our number one. I think everyone knows he's going to be the number one. Um, Cody Ramsey, I don't think he's going to start the season in NRL, Jack. I, I tend to feel he's going to be in the New South Wales Cup and he will be starting at fullback the New South Wales Cup. That's probably why Hook Griffin's given him that shot there um, to start at number one. The way that Tyrell Sloan, Sloan chimed into the attacking line out the back, um, it really did step it up a notch. And we didn't see Cody chime in at all. I thought that um, he played more of a conservative game at fullback where Tyrell really got into it and really hunted up around the ball. Um, Everyone you speak to, hands down, Tyrell Sloan is our number one for this season. The impact of some of the young players and the the, uh, the guys that are on train and trials and guys that might be playing in the New South Cup system, Johnny, uh, we've spoken about that at, at length just before. But uh, what I was really impressed was the the energy and commitment because that doesn't that doesn't take any skill to to show that energy and show that commitment, putting in one hundred and ten percent and and backing up your teammates and and really getting your hands dirty, especially on the defensive side of the ball, which we saw um, uh, Josh Corrick and, and Jackson Sherrib do uh, do it do a little bit. And I, I guess it was really nice to see that because it. It certainly changed the momentum. It's easy when you're down 16 nil, even if it is a trial. And I know a lot of these guys probably haven't played together an awful lot. So combinations are a little bit out of whack and you've effectively got two teams that are transitioning on and off. It was great to see that that commitment that seemed to really give the Dragons a, a bit of a boost, especially in the latter part of that first half, but but especially into that second half, which saw them come from behind it and score the, those couple of tries to, to win the game. Yeah, it's good. Any game you put youth in, and especially guys that are trying to prove a point, you're going to expect them to really put their hands up and and have a huge effort. And look, these guys like Connor and and Jacko, Josh Corrick, uh, Bailey Antrobus even scored a great try. But all these players, they're they're playing for a long-term contract. They're playing to to get a job playing NRL, which is, you know, it's every rugby league kid's footballer's dream, and these guys are on the fringe of living it. Um, the, the, if these guys can show that energy throughout season 2022 and the older players can really play off the back of that, it's going to be a very, very exciting year. Um, I know that Parramatta had a lot of players out last night, Jack, and we did too. I think we had 10 first graders that were not picked in that side. So you can only play what's in front of you, and there, there is promising signs there. And the more that these young players, I know we talk about the young players of Sloan and Bud and junior, but this this next crop, the one that's on the fringe, the guys that are waiting for that opportunity, they're just as talented, and it's good to have that depth for season twenty twenty two. Yeah, it certainly uh, it certainly is. I think my moment of the match, um, uh, Johnny, was when um, uh, both Jaden Hunt and Michael Moller was Michael Moller that originally made the the tackle on one of the Parramatta players and drove him back about fifteen meters, coughed the ball up, and gave the Dragons possession inside the Parramatta twenty late in the game. It didn't end up leading to a try for the Dragons. I think the Dragons made an error two or three tackles later, but it was that kind of energy and commitment that you really want. And if uh, if you're looking to impress the coaching staff, performances like that can um, uh, can can really I guess put the the spotlight on you and Michael Moller is going to be an interesting one to keep tabs on looking forward because yes he is down here in a train and trial contract but he was player of the match in the the Queensland Cup grand final for the North Devils um, and uh, one of his North Devils teammates um, uh, Jonathan Rubin scored a wonderful try at the end to put the Dragons uh, in the lead so a couple of players there to keep an eye on for, for the Red V. Uh, Johnny before we, we finish up on our, our match review um, on, on, on this trial that happened a couple of days ago um, in regards to uh, supporters what can we take out of this game and what can we take out of this performance against Parramatta? Oh, look, I think what we can take out of it is that knowing that there is depth this season. Um, last year when we, we were scraping the barrel and we had to go into our reserve grade stocks, um, that reserve grade stock wasn't, you know, it wasn't NRL material. We really fell away and we've seen that through the tail end of the season. I think 2022 and the next few years, it's going to be a, a big change where we've got two, three, four players that 
potentially can play NRL in most positions, which mm. I think is absolutely pleasing for a Dragons fan. But also out of that game, Jack, I, I can't recall a Dragons game in the last 12, 18 months you might be able to was of when we've had such a solid defensive effort with the likes of Mick Molo and Jaden Hunt putting shots on like that, mm. shot after shot. I think that was something that was really impressive. That we've had no, inf- we've, we've had no enforcers seen. lately, Johnny, have we? Yep. No, there was that, that little bit of mongrel and everyone played off the back of that. And once one, a couple of those players, like Jaden Hunt, put a couple of those shots on, everyone wanted to get involved and it really did lift the team. And look, I, I hope that, um, you know, Jaden Hunt, the, the rest of the forward pack, can really be those enforcers for this season. Yeah, well, we didn't win a, a preseason game last year. We got beaten by the Sharks after leading. We got thumped by Parramatta, and then we got we got really towed up by uh, by South Sydney in the annual charity shield. So, well, all of three, we're one of one out of here, and let's hope that uh, yeah, on on Saturday night, we're we're talking about a win in the, the charity shield against uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. It should be a, a cracking game. We'll have a full review of that as well um, on the podcast next week. <laughs> Our junior rep rap. Been doing this each and every week on the Red V podcast. We go through and round up all the latest scores of the Illawarra and St George sides, and also look forward to the fixtures happening this weekend uh, in the fourth round. We'll kick it off by taking a look at the scores in the Harvey Norman Tarshigal Cups. This is the women's under 19s competition. Uh, we start down at Sid Parish Park, uh, where the Illawarra Steelers they made it three out of three with a 24 points to eight win against the Penrith Panthers. So a really positive performance uh, by them. Uh, joining them in the winners. Circle, um, well, uh, I guess technically was uh, the St. George Dragons. Uh, they had the bias. They picked up the two competition points. So taking a look at the, the ladder in the, the Tashigal Women's uh, Cup for 2022, you've got uh, the Sydney Roosters Indigenous Academy scored on six, followed by the Steelers and Dragons. So they ran at the top three. Pretty good to have your, your Illawarra and your St. George sides uh, sitting in two and three after the uh, the current uh, season. And uh, yeah, of course, the, the Dragons, the reigning premiers, and the Steelers made it to the preliminary final last year. So positive signs in, uh, in the women's game there. Let's jump across and have a look at what happened in the Harold Matthews Cup. Now, this is the under-17 competition for the boys. Uh, For the Illawarra Steelers, they picked up their first win of the season. They won by 28 points to 20 against the men, the Ringer Seagulls. After at Aubrey Keach Reserve on Sunday, it was a really good performance, I thought, from Hayden Buchanan. He bagged a double, while uh, Samson Wood also found the try line, and uh, Palo Tosala also bagged uh, a couple of meat pies. Uh, Clay Baldock kicked three goals. Cade Reed kicked a goal as well. A couple of sin bins on 59 I mean, it's probably knocked the stuffing. Uh, well, uh, uh, the stuffing had already been knocked out of them, but that was uh, almost the uh, the headline act there as uh, it got uh, a little bit messy towards the end. But the Steelers, having been beaten 26-0 by the Central Coast Roosters a week prior, they did really well during the bounce back. And there's some good young kids in this side and they showed great resilience. A bunch of kind of 16, 17-year-olds to come back from getting beaten 26-0 and not scoring a point to, to going away against Manly and scoring 28 points yourself and picking up your first win of the season. Yeah, look, uh, I know Aaron McDonald's had a bit of a, a tough start to this junior rep season with the Harold Matthews Steelers side, but it was good to get the monkey off the back for the boys. And look, you, you touched on Big Palu. He, he, he scored himself a couple of meat, meat pies there. And look, he, he's a, a very solid front row lock and comes out of the Berkeley Berkeley Eagles down Jack Bird's club. So um, look, he, he had a really good game. Uh, the fullback goes pretty handy as well, Clay Baldock. Um, he returned the ball very, very well the other day. And Hayden Buchanan, as you said, Jack scored himself a try. So hopefully that's the start of something good here and a bit of a role there for this uh, Steelers Harold Matthews side. They're going to have to be good because I think they take on the Panthers this weekend mm. down at uh, Collegians. 
Yeah, that's going to be a cracking game. And I guess the good times continue, Johnny, with the St. George Dragons. Harold Matthews Cup side uh, continuing their good form. They won by 10 points to eight. They won last week after a bye in round one, and they've now won uh, back-to-back games against uh, a Central Coast Roosters side that we've just mentioned, thumped uh, the Illawarra side 26-0 uh, the week prior down there at, uh, at Collies at Collegian Sporting Complex. We saw uh, Sora Stanley Trail and also Kobe Papane uh, crashing over the, the, the line. A late try as well uh, by, by Kobe Scorey with only about a minute left in that. To, to wrestle the game away and, and give the Dragons the win by, by 10 points to eight. That's, uh, uh, we, we spoke about it at length, I guess, probably six or eight weeks ago on the podcast that the likes of, of Chase Stanley, Kyle Stanley, um, Frankie Pritchard, uh, Jason Nightingale, Jamie Sout have all been involved in, I guess, trying to get that St. George junior rep system up to something that, that they can be proud of because in recent years, it's been pretty deplorable, I guess, at times for lack of a lack of a better better word. But the, the, at least the Harold Matthews Cup side, they've started well, um, two, point, uh, two wins uh, out of two and, and six points out of a possible six to have them perched right at the top of the ladder, Johnny. No, oh, it, it's it's really good to see that the St George side of the junior reps is starting to go really well, and throw into the mix the Tasha Gale side, Jack. And look, there, there's good things happening at the St George District Rugby League Club, and it's um the, the likes of Chase Stanley and Frankie Pritchard, Jamie Sowers popping in. It can only be beneficial for this junior for this junior rep sides up there at St George. So good to see, and I'm really looking forward to the Steelers and the and the, and the St George Dragons going head to head in some of these matches. Yeah, it won't be uh, too far away. Uh, we moved to the SG Ball competition, which is the under-19s, and they, the good times kept rolling for St. George. They won their first game in the SG Ball competition. They pushed Canberra all the way last week before going down by two points, and they had to work bloody hard against the Victorian Thunderbolts, who had been beaten by the Illawarra Steelers uh, a week prior. They ran in four tries in the end. Um, Tyrell Fakua and Patrick Tukafa uh, both found the line, and the captain, Nicholas Quinn, leading from the front, a really organisational game from the, uh, the young halfback. And Tori Bowman... Uh, the backup hooker uh, played another really creative game and scored another meat pie um, after they found themselves down in, in a fair bit of trouble, uh, two tries in the space of four minutes um, and, uh, well, th- sorry, three tries in the space of seven minutes uh, turned it around. They were down by 16 points to four. They looked dead in the water, the Dragons, but they bounced back to win 18 points to 16 in a pretty entertaining contest uh, there. So they get the monkey off the back and get their first win of the season. Uh, not such good news for the Steelers uh, after a pretty good start to the season. They lost their first, uh, losing 24 points to 14 against that uh, Manly uh, Latu Fino, who has a, a big career ahead of him. If you you listen to some of the judges down there, um, thinking that he could be getting a million dollar contract when he finishes um, his SG ball career, he scored a double and a manly one by twenty four points to fourteen. We did see two Amorigariki Haramea to Kerry um, score a try early on. Uh, Travis, ba- uh, Travis Bancock, uh, uh, sorry, Travis Barrett Hancock scored another. Uh, he's been playing some pretty good footy this year. And Ryan Couchman, uh, one of those big big boys in the middle of the park, uh, scored a try. But unfortunately, a couple of quick tries overturned the Steelers, who did lead by 14 points to 12 at, at, at one stage, Johnny. But they're a resilient side. They'll bounce back. They've got plenty of quality there and they'll be looking to, well, uh, I guess try and turn things around against a very, very good Panther side that you and I have, have discussed before. We, I, I got to commentate the live stream a couple of weeks ago and I, I went as far as saying that I think Penrith could could potentially win that SG ball competition. Yeah, look, good for the Dragons to win that game in the SG ball against Victoria. And look, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're not a strong Team Victoria, the Thunderbolts, but you know when when you're playing in this SG Bull system, you can't take any team lightly. And to get the get the win down there, that that's absolutely sensational for the Dragons and the Steelers side. There, they they had their first loss for the year, and they're going to find it really really tough against the Panthers this week. And uh, look, the, the game you called Jack the other week against the Sharks, there they were absolutely outstanding. They've got a 
they've got a host of good players, this Panthers SG ball side. And look, Ryan Couchman, he's going to get kicked out of the front rowers club, I reckon. I think he's <laughs> scored tries. So he mightn't be there for much longer. They might have to push him back to the back row, which I think is a better position for Couchy. But look, yeah, he's definitely out of the front rowers club. Yeah, that's right. Well, there's going to have to be some discussions at training, I would, uh, I would say. But uh, in regards to, to that, those results on the weekend, even with that loss, the Steelers are still in sixth position with two wins and a loss. And the Dragons, having had a bye in round one, loss in round two, and a win in round three, um, that sees them into the eight uh, at the expense of uh, the Canberra Raiders. So the Dragons in the eight. Wouldn't it be great if the Steelers and Dragons were both in that top eight system uh, by the time uh, the season uh, finishes and the semifinal rolls around as well? Uh, that wraps up all of our junior rep side. I guess just before we do finish off our junior rep wrap, uh, just a quick look at the uh, the regional competition. So the uh, Andrew Johns Cup, which is the under-16 competition, and the Laurie Daly Cup, which is the under-18 competition, which is for uh, regional players. The Illawarra South Coast Dragons are, are a part of that, and they both had some good wins over the weekend. Uh, starting with the Andrew Johns Cup, the under-16 competition, we saw a good performance by the Illawarra South Coast Dragons. They're actually down at Ack Wayman Oval in Marua, uh, Johnny. So uh, Mick Wayman's old stomping ground against uh, the Monaro Colts down there, uh, and in in the under-16 comp, uh, 30 points to 18 uh, winners. We actually saw Hudson Bailey, who's the, the young bloke of Luke Bailey, who's um, obviously a, a legend uh, for St. George Illawarra, but Hudson himself uh, playing in the back row, playing in that lock second row position, scored a couple of meat pies. If you can have half the career his dad has, mate, uh, I think Dragons fans are going to be pretty pleased. Nice to see the, the Illawarra South Coast Dragons pick up another win in that competition. Yeah, look, but both those sides, the Andrew John's side and the Laurie Daly Cup side, I think both of them potentially can can be there at the pointy end of the season. And, you know, tra- travelling down there and playing against Monaro, it's always a, always a tough gig. And, look, Mick Wayman Oval, the best nickname ever in rugby league, Mick Wayman, I was 40-20. He was only 20 <laughs> but looked 40. Best nickname ever. <laughs> That's right. And uh, in the uh, in the Laurie Daly Cup with the under-18 competition, big winners were the Illawarra South Coast Dragons. They destroyed the Monaro Colts 44 points to four. Um, Kyan Jeltarsen J- uh, scored a couple of really good tries. He scored on 14 and 42 minutes. Kyle McCarthy bagged a double as well on 47 and 50. In fact, uh, uh, Kyan Jolterson bagged a hat-trick of tries uh, there. Kyle McCarthy bagged a double. Uh, Jack uh, Picciarelli scored a couple of meat pies as well. Uh, a really good, talented outside back. So uh, some good performances there uh, by the uh, the Illawarra South Coast Dragons, who are both undefeated and have won all of their games so far in in the competition. So good to see them uh, continuing on their merry way. That does uh, completely wrap up all of our junior rep uh, information and wrap here on the Red V Podcast. And Johnny, I'm going to take one last break and then I'm going to dive in and answer your fans' corner questions for this week. Fans Corner time here on the Red V Podcast. A big thanks to everyone that has uh, got in touch with us uh, here at the Red V Podcast. We'll kick it off, Johnny, by, uh, I guess, recapping uh, some of the stuff we spoke about in in the, the wrap of that match against the Parramatta Reels. Uh, Philip Leishman has, has written in on Facebook and said, hey, boys, who do you think put their hand up in the trial against Parramatta? Oh, look, Jaden Hunt definitely put his hand up against that trial against Parramatta and probably um, Michael Molo. I thought those two really did um, put their hands up. Probably, uh, as I said earlier, Connor Mulhyson as well, he really put his hand up to, to be selected. And looking at the way it's going, I think um, he's potentially that backup for um, Andy McCulloch with um, Bud Sullivan having a bit of issues with that injury at the moment. Uh, again, just rehashing some of the stuff that we spoke about earlier on in the, in the podcast, Johnny. Um, Corey Nichols has written in and wanted to ask our thoughts on the Jack Bird situation. Oh, I didn't believe it at first. I thought Buzz Rothfield was just blowing smoke up everyone's ass when I first heard it about him going elsewhere. But look, it has come out. Hook Griffin's talked about it, the post-game interview. Um, he, he's going out to test the open market and um, there'll be a lot of clubs with interest. We've already talked about the Sharks, the Dolphins. 
Uh, let's just hope that Jack Bird's gone out there fishing and he's going to get offered something by the club and he's going to go back to the Dragons and say, I'm, I'm going to get X amount if I go here. Can you match it? And let's hope the Dragons can match it. Uh, the Mad Dragons vodcast has got in contact with us and said, guys, can you please explain what a hip drop tackle is? I didn't see anything different in Fumiono's tackle to the one that hurt Max Fiernay. Personally, I think both were unfortunate rugby league incidents and neither deserve punishment. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I totally agree that it's, um, it's, it's one of those things. No one goes out there to intentionally hurt someone. This drop hip tackle that, that they talk about, it's, it comes from all these wrestling moves that the the, the Melbourne Storm brought in years ago where they're, they're trying to wrestle them down, slow the ruck up, twist the body in the wrong way so they take a lot longer to get to the get to their feet to play the ball. And just the way that this drop hit is, um, it, it can go wrong, and, and it did on the weekend to Hayes Dunster. But I, I don't think that Fui's, uh, you know, done it on purpose where he wanted to absolutely cripple Hayes Dunster. I think he's just gone in there to, to, to wrap him up and, it's just all gone wrong. I don't think it's an intentional move. Um, and I think it's just sometimes it is part of rugby league injuries. And some of these tackles that you see players make, they, they, they can't help it. They're, they're going in at 100 miles an hour to, to shut the play down. And sometimes you just get your body in the wrong position. And I, I honestly think that the other day, Fui unintentionally did that to Hayes Dunster. Is it a case of these hip drop tackles where they're going in uh, to tackle the player and, and they're are they kind of judo flipping them over their hip? How, how does it work, Johnny? Yeah, it, it, it is like it, it's all about the wrestling move. It's all about slowing that that play the ball down and being the dominant dominant defender and where you're really maxing that tackle out, laying on top, flipping them over onto their back, wherever it's got to be. So it, it's longer for them to get up and play the ball so that defensive line can really reset and get that, that extra second rest. And look, I, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of wrestling, mm. but every, every club does it and um, it proves beneficial just the way that, you know, clubs like the Storm, they win the ruck nearly nine times out of ten. Um, look, it's, it's part of the game. It, it's hard to police. And um, look, it's, it, it, sometimes they're just, it, it's unintentional, the tackles mm. that are made. Our last question, Johnny, is uh, from Luke Potter. He said, are Johnny Pets Northern Soos Bulldogs <laughs> training the house down this preseason? <laughs> uh, if Potsy's listening, I'm sure he is. He owes me a training session because he promised me he'd come up and do some, do some work with our, with our um, defensive line about what referees look for and what we can get away with. So, Potsy, I'll see you at Jim Allen Oval tomorrow night, mate. Uh, no, mate <laughs> we'll see if he follows through going, on that. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going good, mate. We've got two trials lined up, one against Picton uh, in a couple of weeks and one against Sussex Inlet. So, um, yeah, we, we, sh- we should have a fun season. It's, um, it's been enjoyable back coaching a, a senior team and um, we'll see where we go. We've got a couple of handy players and, a few new recruits, so um, yeah, it should be a fun year, and I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to Mad Monday actually. <laughs> Already, that's a, that is <laughs> yeah. a concern when the coach is looking forward to Mad Monday. I think they, uh, I think uh, if you you want to have a second rugby league team to support, uh, I think you need to jump on the the local Illawarra boys that the Northern Suburbs Bulldogs down there. Johnny Oss used to wear the the famous number seven jumper for him, and now he's coaching. So yeah, hopefully uh, everything goes uh, goes well for you, you Johnny, and uh, you don't drive uh, your partner, you don't you don't uh, you don't uh, drive uh, your partner Casey too wild with uh, no, rugby league right. talk or. Uh, <laughs> or drawing up players and that kind of stuff, mate. But uh, no, great, great, uh, great to have you back inv- involved with coaching because Johnny was coaching uh, down to rule with the um, under 15s and a couple of those those kids are going on to, to bigger and brighter things. So it's a, it's a good signing by the Northern Suburbs Bulldogs. And that also uh, completes our fans corner section for this week. Thanks to everyone that has sent in their questions. And as always, uh, you can send your questions in uh, whenever you want. You can email them to us. You can send us in some voice questions and you can do that by emailing us redvpodcast at gmail.com or also a 
send them to us directly on our Twitter at Red V Podcast One and also our Instagram and Facebook, which is the Red V Podcast. That also wraps up everything to do with the Dragons here on episode 110 of the Red V Podcast. Uh, thanks so much, fans, for tuning in and supporting uh, this podcast. Certainly don't take your support uh, and the love that you uh, give this podcast uh, for granted. Lots of exciting things happening throughout the season. Lots of great interviews uh, with current and former players that we're going to be doing to make this podcast bigger and better. And hopefully, Johnny, we have plenty of wins to talk about because I can tell you it, uh, from experience, it is a lot more enjoyable getting to review the Dragons' uh, wins than it is uh, the losses. We had a fair few of those at the back end of, of last season. Thanks so much for helping out on the Red V Podcast once again, mate. Uh, well, good, mate. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more wins this season than has been the last few seasons. And uh, look, what we can take out of that trial, I'm sure, is going to put a smile on a lot of Dragons fans' faces. Yeah, I think they were grinning like a Cheshire cat on uh, Sunday night when the Dragons got the win by four points against the Parramatta Reels. But uh, thanks so much, fans, for tuning in to another edition of the Red V Podcast. We'll be back with more Dragons news uh, next week and reviewing the Cherry Shield against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, amongst a lot, lot more. So thank you for tuning in. Until then, stay safe. God bless. Let's go those mighty Dragons. Podcast Network.